Facebook Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That number is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And tonight, we're going to be updating you about that story that Ian, Nikki, and I covered last Wednesday about a small newspaper um, company, I guess you'd call it, in Kansas that had all of their buildings and homes raided for what sounds like no good reason. Well, it was... Well, the police think it was a good reason, but of course, they were found not to have that good reason in place because I think the courts or someone said that, hey, this was not a good reason to raid the the newspaper. Yep, it was the prosecutor... Uh, the prosecutor for the town, which is and that's how you know shocking. it's bad because right. normally they, you know, they really stick with the cops. So yeah, yeah. The, when even the prosecute your own prosecutions against you, I mean, yeah, yeah. The police are always well, maybe not always, but usually the ones in the right in a lot of these cases. Yeah, but I was just talking courts, anyway. about this at uh, crypto meetup with Chris, uh, the coast uh, free talk live coast. He's not on um, anymore recently, but probably would be on again he's still a free talk live host uh host but anyways he was i was just saying that it's so crazy because at shallon noon's um sentencing hearing the other day she's the she's the she's jay noon's wife who is our thursday night co-host who was recently fined or sentenced or i don't i don't know the know the entire details but she was sentenced because she left her child in a in a car for a short period of time. Yep, and some busybodies went out in with the air conditioning on. Yep, some busybodies came out and said, "Oh, this is abuse," and it's really not. Um, but yeah, so she had her sentencing date just on the seventeenth, and only and I went. And I found something so interesting um, that day because Jay Noon was like speaking with her for her whatever on the day of the sentencing um that's obviously her husband so they get to do that and he said well one of the reasons you should consider a light sentence judge is because we're being politically targeted our car had like health freedom new hampshire and free stater stickers on it and um i just believe we're, we're being politically targeted he said and then the prosecution this is how i'm tying this into the kansas situation the prosecution stood up and said, it's not a politically motivated attack against this family. I have full autonomy to choose who I want to prosecute. And I guess I just have never thought about the mechanics of it before that way, because I was just like, that's so weird. I would think he has to prosecute like everything that comes on his desk because it's like already been determined to be like a crime from the cops or whatever. But no, it makes sense because in this Kansas case, like there is a check there, I guess, like a possible check because I and I wondered how often does it happen? The prosecutor prosecutor says, I don't want to, you know, prosecute this. But it makes sense that it would happen sometimes when it's just this bad, like it is in Kansas, um, the newspaper situation, because the prosecution doesn't want to take on something that they know that is they're going to lose. Well, and and not even just that. I mean. The the longer they draw it out, the worse it looks. And if the prosecutor looks at it and they're like, okay, this is clearly, you know, not legal. They went way outside of their, you know, what they're legally allowed to do here. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if they take this to trial, I mean, like, that's going to look so bad. So the prosecutor probably doesn't want to draw any more attention to it. Yeah, I also really am hopeful that um, one another part about it is what you're saying, that the prosecution just thought, wow, this has made national headlines and it looks so bad because it's good when, you know, people speak up about something and, you know. Sure, but, you know, happens. when you have national headlines blaring across the country about these horrible police officers and what they've been doing, it creates it creates a story that, you know, the courts and the government don't want to have portrayed about them. I wish it yeah. happened every time. Yeah, me too. But Yeah, and I you know, I mentioned this last week when we were talking about this story. Um so allegedly the the chief of police was being accused of being a sex offender or something mm-hmm. at his last Wherever he worked last. Yeah. I think it was, where was it? Um, I think it was Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But but either way, I kind of made the point that if he would have just, you know, not raided these people, it, it wouldn't have caught national headlines. Right. It would have just been a local thing that probably would have just blown over. And now, I mean, multiple national news sources are reporting on this and people are outraged. And now, you know, this... This elderly woman has passed away. So all of this, like they really blew it out of proportion. Yep. And now, you know, so anytime I share something about this story, I like to point out this guy, you know, like this is why this all happened. So this is like the, you know, conspiracy theory around it, so to speak. And it's just funny because we're in New Hampshire and we're sitting here talking about how Gideon Cody, a Marion, I mean, um, Kansas police officer, Maybe trying to hide evidence that he's a sex offender wasn't going to happen if you didn't, uh, you know, go this hard against this group of people who were trying to learn the truth. But yeah, we would have no clue. We wouldn't care about that. Yeah, it would be you know? out of or, our out of our view. We wouldn't even know anything yeah. about it. And now here we are talking about it on national radio. Yep, and and apparently the prosecutor didn't want to be a part of that. So I just think it's interesting. Um, they can choose who to prosecute and who not to. And and I guess it kind of makes sense. They probably just mostly choose to prosecute um, as long as they feel like they can win the case. But anyways, we actually have an update in that story. So if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, basically all that happened was in Kansas, there was a small town called Marion. Well, there is. And there was a newspaper company. Again, I, I don't know if that's the right thing to call it. A newspaper Media outlet, group I guess. Outlet. Um, and they were going to report that... Well, they were looking into, like, investigating the chief of police in their town, possibly having left his last police job for being a sex offender. And all during that, but they didn't use that, they didn't cite that as a reason, the cops raided these people's homes, and they raided their newspaper offices and stole a bunch of stuff. And the judge, obviously, a judge has to sign off whenever a raid, um, a warrant goes out for a raid. And this story is saying that the Kansas judge who signed off on Gestapo-style raid on small-town newspaper has two DUIs. See, we wouldn't be talking Whoa. about that. <laughs> See, wow, there's there's a lot of corruption in small-town politics, too. And people think small towns are always great. No, not in all cases. I, I always well, hear about... Correction, it, corruption in small towns. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it seems like it's easier. Like if you're in the club, like yep. if you're you like say your your uncle's a cop or something like that. If you're in the club, you can pretty much get away with murder. 
I mean, yeah. you can you can drunk drive, you can crash your car, you can do actual dangerous things that are harming people. And a lot of the times these people can get away with it as long as they know somebody. And in the small towns, it's almost even worse because there, you know, fewer cops, fewer people, and it's just easier for that like tight knit club to, you know, continue to harm people. Absolutely. Yep. I've and- definitely heard it so many times everywhere I've lived, like there's a small town nearby and they say our police are the most corrupt. I think they're just like that everywhere yeah, in they, small towns. They they definitely can be because small towns people People may seem to know everybody's business, but there's also a tight lid on a lot of things in small towns. Small towns keep secrets. Well, apparently the secret is out. Well, the secret about the guy Gideon Cody being a possible sex offender is definitely out. But this, um, I don't I don't th- see it as really a problem. I mean, um, a secret because it's public knowledge and apparently this judge has had two DUIs. And I wouldn't normally just go on the radio and say, oh, did you know this person has two DUIs? DUIs is not that big of a deal, but in this case, it says that it is um, bringing up questions about its possible impact on the jurist's decision. Judge Laura Viar signed a warrant to allow a police raid on the newspaper over claims it illegally obtained DUI information about a local business owner. So... It could have impacted her decision, like, oh, I wouldn't want that to happen to me with my two DUIs. Yeah, I guess so. In 2012, the 8th Judicial District Magistrate Judge reportedly completed a program after her own DUI arrest in Coffee County. I guess that's Kansas. And was then busted seven months later for a DUI in Morris County. In okay, the- so... Right. That's, really uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty close together. Yeah, pretty close together. And I mean, typically, you'd think you'd learn yeah. from the yeah. first one. Maybe she's used to just going around being like, I'm a judge, uh, let me off cops. And yeah, or she's do. an alcoholic. But yeah. the other thing, too, is it sounds like, from what you've been reading, Bonnie, that, this, with, that these DUIs are in 2012, so why should they really matter? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, it's not like it's like something like, oh, she can never change, she's a bad person for the rest of her life, or anything like that. Um, the question is just, should she have, um, I forget what they call it, <laughs> reposed herself? I, I don't know the word. Herself, I yes, think? recused herself, I, I guess, because it could have impacted her decision. Plus, she, I she mean, it signed pos- on a illegal warrant. Like. Yeah, I mean, that in and of itself is obviously not okay. Um, I don't, it's hard to say one way or the other if her DUI history would make her more likely to sign that warrant. I mean,. I, and I also I, I also don't know if it's necessary if it's necessary for her to you know say oh I can't rule on this because of this is my history from you know ten plus years ago I just I don't know I don't I mean these people shouldn't have control over other people's lives anyway but I just think um, it should be as fair as possible for the person who the people the group in this case who should be considered innocent until proven guilty we know that doesn't happen due process doesn't happen in this country all the time but it should always be you know as favorable as possible for the person who is going to prove their innocence or be shown to be guilty in court but it says in the latter incident so when she was busted the seventh or second time after seven months the then county attorney who went by laura allen was driving a judge's vehicle when she went off the road and hit a shed near Council Grove football field, according to a 2012 report by WIBW. 
She also had a suspended license. This just sounds like someone who's so, you know, she just thinks she can get away with anything to me. Yeah. Like so all those things. I, I can kind of only speak to my own experience, but within nursing, the, you have to prove that you're a good Samaritan, right? So if you have a DUI on your record, especially a recent one, you can go to nursing school. You might get accepted into nursing school. But if you want to sit for the board exam, it is extremely difficult to even have a DUI on your record because essentially, you know, they say like nurses and doctors are supposed to be really upstanding individuals that have really good judgment. And if you're drinking and driving, then you don't have good judgment. Hmm. So that's just what I know from like my own kind of field. Yep. And I would think that a judge would also need to be, you know, prove that they're an upstanding Samaritan and, you know, that they have good judgment and clearly like drunk driving to the point where you're crashing your car and possibly putting other people's lives at risk. Like that just doesn't sound like having good judgment to me. And I know people change and I'm not saying like, you know, this should be a life sentence for her, but I, I just find it interesting that like. She couldn't be a nurse, probably, but she can be a a judge. Right. You would like, think that the bar would be set higher. Well, it doesn't sound like it was set too high in this case. You know, Nikki, you're you're telling us about nursing, and the DUI brought up a question for me. In how long? How far back would they look at your DUI history? Is your it, entire life. Okay. Um, hmm. I had a coworker who, um, she stole something when she was a minor she was like 17 years old and she stole something from a store and it was on her record and I kind of thought that like any normally that stuff is wiped clean like kind of like once you turn 18 but the the board of nursing found it somehow wow like they go deep into the depths of your record and it was a problem for her and she had to sit in front of the board and like plead her case like please I'm like 30 something years old now that was when I was 17 like I have children now I'm a different person but she really had to plead her case and they almost didn't give her a nursing license wow that's that's really intense (laughs) yeah it sounds like they really want to make sure that you're on board that you're a good person or whatever yeah, you think I don't I wonder if they have anything like that at all for judges. Yeah, and I mean like I'm not saying it has to be that intense. Like I do think it's ridiculous if you have a DUI you're not allowed to be a nurse. Like that mm. doesn't necessarily mean that you are a bad person at all. Um But what if but, you got one then you're supposed to be on good behavior then the second time you get one you also are driving your work truck hit somebody's uh private property. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like it says more about than just having one once it absolutely does and the fact that you know she's a judge and i mean that's like (laughs) you absolutely need good judgment right to i mean that's like your her whole job right and she's she's trying all these bunch these bunches of cases and you know people's fates rest in her hands she ought to be a good person absolutely well going on with this which i didn't mention is from uh the new york post says the warrant Viar signed in the Marion County records case has since been withdrawn due to insufficient evidence, Marion County attorney Joel Ensley announced Wednesday. NZ, sorry, not Ensley, said the warrant did not establish a legally sufficient nexus between this alleged crime and the places searched and the items seized. The newspaper's computers, cell phones, and reporting material were hauled out of the office as well as the publishers from the publisher's home on Friday, 
One reporter also suffered a finger injury after a cop grabbed a cell phone from her hand. Wow, I hadn't heard that. Wow, that's pretty violent. That is, that's really messed up. The warrant was issued after restaurant owner Carrie Newell, 46, accused the newspaper of illegally obtaining information about her DUI that could upend her liquor license application. (laughs) That's a little weird. If, I don't know, not saying that this is a good thing, but I I just don't understand how the newspaper getting access to that would make it upend her liquor license application instead of just it being there. Yeah, exactly. I don't... I don't understand it either. Well... And why wouldn't she be able to get a liquor license just because she's had a DUI? A DUI, yeah. Like, that just seems like it's not really relevant. I, I don't even really see how it's illegal. Like, is it illegal to find pu- public records? Wouldn't that be public? I don't know. But it says an unknown person had leaked the documents to both the newspaper and Vice Mayor Ruth Herbel, showing Newell had a DUI on her record and that she was driving without a license. I just, I don't get why that, somebody finding out about that is illegal, but her driving without a license and possibly selling alcohol without, um, like, the full ability to, I just don't, I don't get why it's... I, I thought that all of that would be public record. That I would like think so, too. Like, if you, you know, if you have a DUI, you know, someone can do a background check on you and find that. Well, of course, you know, we libertarians don't hold, at least some of us do... We don't hold to the idea that you should have to get a license to drive, but you should at least know how to run a vehicle because you are taking matters into your own hands and driving a massive or maybe not a massive vehicle, but driving a deadly weapon or a a deadly. It could be. It could be a deadly weapon. Absolutely. But you are basically driving this one ton machine down the road. And if you don't know how to operate that vehicle, you're going to harm people. So I think it's important to have some sort of certificate or something to indicate that you're a good driver. But, you know, it's just interesting that these people are so worried. These government people are so worried about people finding out that they're driving without licenses and things like that. Well, this person um, is just a restaurant owner. And I'm not saying, oh, she's a bad person because she didn't have a license or anything like that. All I'm questioning is, how is it illegal to find out and talk about that? I, I don't really get it. Like, if I found out. I just don't get it. If if you find out someone's doing something the city says is illegal and you publish it in your newspaper, why are you doing a crime? I mean, and I think that's probably why the prosecution dropped it. Right. Because it just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't yeah. add up. Um. So, by the way, the newspaper in question, it's called the Marion County Record, says the Marion County Record never published the story, instead alerting police and suggesting someone related to Newell's ex-husband was involved in the leak. So it sounds like they did exactly what they should have done. They got some information, and I mean, I, I'm not saying that they should have called the police. I'm just saying legally they didn't do anything wrong. Right. They didn't publish this and instead just told, quote, the authorities. It's just really weird. Meyer said, despite the newspaper being open to cooperating with the police, sorry, it didn't even say who Meyer was. Meyer is one of the people um, who got their house raided, the publisher. It never even said that. Um, Meyer said, despite the newspaper being open to cooperating with the police, cops never reached out or asked for the document. In addition, it was revealed the newspaper was investigating Marion Police Chief Gideon Cody, who began work at the department in June after leaving a Missouri force earlier this year. 
the Marion County Record was looking into sexual misconduct allegations against Cody. And the newspaper's equipment has since been returned. But that doesn't mean the cops didn't get to look through it and see their sources of who was talking about Gideon Cody. And that could be dangerous for them. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, they already got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. More, more than likely, they already got what they wanted from the things that they stole. From the computers, so, the phones, everything. They could have got it so easily. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, okay, just because they gave it back, the damage is already done. You know, and someone literally died. And I know correlation isn't always causation, but it's pretty strange that this 98-year-old woman died the day after they raided her house. And um, Riley actually brought in some show prep about that. And maybe we'll be able to play the video on the air. Um, It's pretty short. There was just some clips from the day that their house was raided. Apparently, they had an indoor camera. And the woman was clearly very distraught. So I think it's just not that um, hard to put together, put two and two together and realize that that's why she died. She was extremely stressed out. She was really upset. She's she's really old. Yep. And she's having an experience that's stressing her out. It would stress out anyone that can give people PTSD and stuff like that. And um, it's just somebody living for 98 years on this planet... Um, some a human being who is used to having respect, having people come into her house, and she's telling them, stand outside at least. You can stand outside and watch what they're doing. They're just not listening to her. Yeah. They're, um, you know what? I, I saw somebody, house. somebody on Twitter commented, you know, in other countries, this person would be revered. Hmm. Like, she would be well-respected. And it's very unfortunate because in this case, they were absolutely disrespecting her, yep. her property, and her space. You know, and it's it's really sad. And, you know, I come, and I don't always, you know, necessarily think people should always follow this, but I was raised to respect my elders, you know, especially very elderly people who yeah. it's like, you know, they have a lot of life experience and a lot of wisdom, and it's just terrible to go in her home and just treat her like absolute garbage. Not listen to her own rules and invade her space. It's really messed up. What do you think? Do you think the cops should be able to just go into people's homes and not leave? And even if they're not the person who's a suspect, 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. That's the phone number to call if you'd like to call in with your thoughts about whatever's on your mind or um, bring up a new topic, 603-283-6160. 
In the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we're going to go straight to your phone calls and uh, thoughts. We have Gigi from South Carolina. You're on the air. What's on your mind, Gigi? Good evening, everybody. Nikki, I missed you. I'm glad you're back. Hi, Gigi. I missed you, too. <laughs> nice to hear from you. Nice to you, dear. Listen, speaking of police and police behavior, today I attended a brilliant, brilliant, unbelievably awesome, utterly stimulating, incredibly eye-opening, and I should put in parentheses, alarming, lecture by none other than criminal defense attorney named Christopher Fabricant. He is the lead technology and so-called junk science attorney for the Innocence Project. God love those men and women. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, they're great. Oh, they are. And he was talking about the problem in the country is with the issue of qualified immunity all over the country and federal territories because it takes away from police having to be accountable and responsible. And just because somebody says, I'm a forensic scientist, bite marks, fingerprints, DNA, saliva, so on and so forth, a piece of hair, he said, this is known as junk science. Man, I was loving this program, and you guys know me and everybody listening out there. If it's constitutionally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me. If it's um, constitutionally, pardon? Just unconstitutional? or No, if it's constitutionally relevant, you could just imagine me at this program. I was taking copious notes, and then I was so excited. I couldn't wait for my husband to come home to tell him about it because he's a practicing attorney here in South Carolina. And the more I was listening and the more I was thinking, yes, because he was explaining exactly what you guys were just talking about with what happened with this senior citizen lady, the owner slash publisher of this newspaper in Kansas, and how black and brown people are targeted by police all over the country. Absolutely. Gigi, you brought up no accountability and no responsibility all because of so-called, and I'm saying it in quotations, qualified immunity. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring it up when we were talking earlier about this happening. So the people got their computers back. They got their phones back and files. But the woman's life can never be brought back because she died the next day. She collapsed as a result of being abused emotionally and her house being topsy-turvy. Yep. We're, we're going to get into that video. What th- an utter disgrace. They should be held negligible Absolutely. for causing such emotional and physical harm to this elderly lady. And like you said, Bonnie, I was raised the same Gigi, you brought up the Innocence Project, and I want to mention that the Innocence Project is pretty important because it's a project working on overturning wrongful convictions. Yes, sir. Absolutely. 
My father was a part of it when I was growing up in Miami-Dade County, Florida. And my father was a criminal defense attorney and then became a, a criminal court judge for the circuit court in Miami-Dade County. And I taught constitutional law in Florida for years and then specialized in appellate legal briefs. And I was raised in that environment. Question, question, question. Just because someone wears a badge don't mean jack. Badges don't grant special rights. This guy was talking, you said, about junk science. So was he saying that it's not always really reliable when they find bite marks? That's exactly the word he used, (laughs) reliability. He said potential jurors come into court and they think they've seen it on law and order SCI and another program called The Castle. I've never seen that. Me either. But um yeah. And, and they were and and this gentleman, Mr. Christopher Fabricant, was talking about very particular cases. Ninety nine percent of them black and brown men of color on death row in various states, particularly Louisiana and Texas. Hmm. Well, I can see it. Those are police states. Thank you so much for your call, Gigi. I really appreciate it. And um, those are really important topics to bring up. I mean, I don't even know how I forgot that point. Just qualified immunity is a huge problem in this case with the Kansas situation. I mean, like we said, they already got what they wanted. They looked at their phones and laptops and everything, and they don't care that they did an illegal raid. They probably knew it was illegal from the beginning and were just like, oh, nice, the judge signed for us. They probably know her personally or something. I don't know. Yeah, That's of course. just speculation. Yeah. But And they just want to bring in their shiny badges and guns and raid, a, raid people's homes and businesses just yeah, to Yeah, that's the perks of the important. job. And I mean, like, even how they're speaking in the video, and I mean, you hear cops talking like that all the time. They're just so, like... They just have this air of arrogance and I can do whatever I want and don't even don't even bother saying anything to me because you're just wasting your breath because I can do whatever you want, whatever I want. And, you know, no matter what anyone else says, it won't stop them. And, you know, if there wasn't such thing as qualified immunity, maybe they could get in trouble for acting on an illegal warrant. You know, maybe something could happen to them, but no, they yeah. won't face any repercussion. I mean, and, and we've seen it so many times, like in these videos that are, you know, kind of the only thing we have to hold police accountable, really. Um, you know, we, we've seen so many videos where, you know, uh, a cop will assault someone, wrongfully detain or arrest somebody. And, you know, rarely do we get a follow up, but typically nothing happens at all. Either that or they get a slap on the rest and then we don't hear much about them after that or they get put onto a different department. department. Yeah, or they get, you know, paid vacation essentially or they go to a different different uh, precinct, you know. Yep. Um, I, I mean, it's just so obvious what they were after in this case too, that they were just trying to keep the newspaper from issuing an article or whatever about Gideon Cody's sexual misconduct because Meyer, the publisher of the newspaper, he said he laughed at officers who failed to seize Newell, the restaurant owner's 
DUI documents, which were out in the open during the raid. So they took all his documents, but they just happened to leave that one. Hmm. Yeah, because that's not... Yeah, no, and that does make it so blatantly obvious that it, this wasn't actually about that lady's DUI. Right. They really don't care about that. Like, this was clearly about some, something else. Yep. Yeah. He says, it was sitting on my desk next to the computer they seized. They didn't take it. Myers suspects the raid was triggered by the paper's investigation into Cody rather than Newell's DUI information. It's just speculation, oddities about what's going on here, he said. And as for the newspaper, which continues publication and has even had an influx of subscriptions, that's pretty cool. Myers says the small team is going to carry on as it always has. My mind right now is we're not going to change a thing about uh, what we do because we didn't do anything wrong and we may have done something right. If somebody wants to bully you, it must mean that they don't want, want you to have something. We don't know what that is, but that makes you want to even more. I don't know what they yeah. mean by that. But. We don't know what it is, but that makes you want even want it more. Yep, that's what it says. You cannot let bullies win, and that's really important. Even if the bully is a parasitic cop thug. It's better sometimes to be the be the bullied than the bully. Yep, I mean cosmically like you're gonna die without bullying people on your conscience, and that's good yeah so he says we have staff that's very experienced including myself and we're not going to take crap that's really sad because his mother is the one that died and we have this video here of her during the raid and the thing she said to the cops makes her pretty based and cool it's just sad that she's going through a traumatic um experience in this situation so let me get this playing while you're pulling that up, Bonnie, I just want to point out that, you know, when you have people with badges, you know, most people like to comply to them. But in this case, this old lady was standing up to the police and saying, no, I'm I'm not going to cooperate with you. Yep. And, and like, I don't know if we said this during the break or not, but it makes me happy that she wasn't just, you know, cowering. She was standing up for herself and it's a good thing for other people to see. So here it is. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Don't you touch any of that stuff. Ma'am, you're wasting your breath. This is my house. I know. You're wasting your breath. Ma'am, you're wasting your breath. You asshole. We're going to be out of here pretty quick. Get them out of here. They're here. You done. Your mother loves you. <laughs> That's you a good question. So maybe she, I mean, I don't know for sure that she's correct, but she said police chief. So maybe that one right there is Gideon Cody. And he's the one that said, ma'am, you're wasting your breath. I mean, what a loser thing he to say. He just seems so happy being the bad Chevy in the room and trying to put her in her place. But he, right. she's standing up to him. And it's like, when you're a bully, it makes you seem so much weaker when you pick on someone who is, you know, not your own size or 98 years old and on yeah. a walker. It's just ridiculous. Like, I can't wrap my mind around why cops feel like they're, one, doing something good. I don't really believe that most of them, I don't even believe that most of them believe that. 
I no, bl- it's a power trip. They're power hungry. They want that free pass to do whatever they want to do. They want to be able to tell people what to do. Yep. And they want to feel like they're better than other people. Like they're above the law. And I'm here to, you know, to do all this dumb stuff that doesn't matter at all and isn't helping anyone. I'm the law. You're going to do exactly what I say. Yeah. Right? Like they just get off on, you know, telling people what to do and be oh, you're wrong and I'm right. And it's like, these people are just un developed little children like when you're a kid you think that oh i'm gonna show everyone i'm better than them maybe but an adult shouldn't act that way they should realize how silly and ridiculous it makes them look empathetic but nope these are grown men just still behaving that way Mm -hmm. and um trying to ruin an old lady's life so let's continue Absolutely. Best I'm not going to tell you. I don't have to talk to you. Right. Uh, I, even she knew that. Like, there's yeah. so many people that get arrested and they just think, well, a cop asked me, so I legally have to talk to. No, you don't. You don't have to talk to cops. You, you can even... exercise your right to remain silent. Just, and it is, yeah. it is nice that she can identify that this is wrong because right. there is so much brainwashing that goes on out there. And I think a lot of people, like, if. I don't know you if know, it's necessarily brainwashing. I think it's this this it's idea. It's at least conditioning. Conditioning, yeah, to respect people with supposed authority. And yet, here they are, just people with titles. Well, and it's nice that she recognizes that. And it's like, no, I'm not going to respect you just because you're a police officer. She recognizes they are armed thugs that are breaking into her home right. and stealing things. Right. Like, these are the real criminals in this situation. Absolutely. And it's it's really refreshing to see someone that not only, you know, sees that and recognizes that, but is also going to stand up for herself in her property and say, no, like, these are my boundaries. You know, you you need to leave. You like stop doing that. You know, a lot of people just kind of roll over and they either get scared or, you know, oh, well, it's a cop. So, you know, and this is a raid and I, I just have to tell them whatever they're asking. Yep. No, you don't. You never, never have to. And it's scary. And it obviously was really scaring her, too. But, you know, at least she has her dignity. And um, these people, as much as they think that they're uh, looking like the big tough guys, uh, to me, they look like uh, stupid little worms. Like, I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous, this idea that a lot of people never grow out of, that just being the person with power makes them... Like, no one looking at this thinks you look cool, dude, talking to an old lady like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone look, makes... I don't think anyone thinks these guys are cool anymore. No. So let's continue. Oh, my way. It's all right. I want to see what they're doing. Well, they're working. I don't care what they're doing. So since you can't see the video, I just want to explain. She's going on the other side of the room with her walker, and one of those cops that she had told to, you know, like, go stand outside, you can see from the uh, front porch... Well, he's standing in the way of the like walkway she wants to go down, and she says, get out of my way with her walker. Yeah. 
And um, the cop like kind of grabs her arm and says they're working as if she's going to like harm them or anything. Or as if she's stupid and she doesn't understand what's right. going yeah, on. She wants like, to know what they're doing in her house. Yeah, right. like this, she wants to see it. First of all, this isn't working. That's not work. <laughs> Being a that's parasite like, is not working. Yeah, yeah like that's criminal <laughs> activity. Like you're you're going through her, her personal items and like robbing her. How is that yeah. like... And just to explain it like that, like, oh, as if she couldn't understand. Yeah, what like was a child. Like, it's just so, yeah, like, it's just so de- degrading and dismissive. Yep, I hate it. What are you doing? Those are personal papers. Those aren't papers, they're electronic devices, which is what the judge said that we're supposed to take. Okay? You people. And he's talking to her like she is like or not all that. Yeah. Like either she's she's a young child child or like she's, you know, doesn't understand what's going on. Like she's crazy or something. Yeah. It's like, no, she knows exactly what is going on here. Yep. And and I think what just based on my perspective, like what it seems like is going on here is this cop knows deep down inside that he's a scumbag parasite that is doing something wrong. So for him to just try to justify it, like, oh, well, this woman's stupid Hmm. or whatever, and, like, talking down to her like she's a child or like she doesn't understand, like, that somehow makes him feel better about the situation. That's probably You know, like, oh, oh, we're just working. Oh, the judge wants us to take, you know, all the electronics. (laughs) These aren't papers. This is electronics. And it's like, like are you he kidding knew what me, she dude? meant. Like, I don't think yeah. she literally meant physical paper. I think she meant documents. Well, and, and honestly, I heard paper. I'm not looking at the screen yeah. right now, but I heard paper ruffling in the background. That's true. So clearly you guys are looking at, you know, like clearly there are papers involved here. So for him to just dismiss her. Right. And, you know, you can it, see it's it in the video too. You can see that there's like paper books and files and also electronics on this table that they're like messing with. So yeah, he, he's he just lying. Could have been just lying to her too. Well, yeah, that's that whole video. I like how it ended with her saying, "You piece of," and the ends. She's awesome. <laughs> she is. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of courage. Well, rest in peace to Mrs. Joan Meyer because she died the next day, and it's just so senseless and ridiculous. I just think there should be a way bigger threshold for people to be able to go into your house with guns and threaten you and take your things than just the silly nonsense that people get their house raided over. Like, our house got raided because of a paperwork violation as well. And it just, it should have to be like, we think there's a dead body in there. And that's (laughs) what I don't understand. Yeah, and that's like, that's a great point. It's like, why is this important enough? to traumatize people to like you know bust down and now i'm kind of like talking about the raid here because they probably didn't smash her windows and stuff but like it is a great example like why are we smashing windows and, and kicking down doors into people's houses yeah flying at drones six o'clock in the morning pointing guns at people like are you serious like this is really that important that we're gonna you know that it's just, it blows my mind. It just shows... You know, like, like you're going to kill people over this? Like, this is what the state does. Every time someone with a gun raids someone's house, it's a possibility that someone's going to die. It's... Yeah, I mean, they pointed a gun right at Matt's chest. Right, they pointed a gun right at me. I'm just standing there naked holding a chihuahua, and they're pointing a gun at me, ordering yeah, me to like... put him down. As if I had just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's actually a bomb or something. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I think you were, you were right earlier about there being a lot of brainwashing about what's right and what's wrong. And that's really what the huge problem is here is that the average person, I think a lot of people, this obviously got a lot of attention, but the average person just thinks that if a judge says you can do something, then it's not wrong. Yeah. What you're doing is objectively wrong if you're invading someone else's house and stealing from them. Yeah. And and so if my, you know, going back to like, oh, well, you know, we're just doing our jobs and this is what the judge ordered us to do, like kind of, you know, like moving the blame to the judge. Uh, if my boss told me to do something unethical, I would not do it. Right. Be, you know, and like that is just my right as a human being, like, you know, forget my job title, forget all that nonsense. You're still as, an ethical human being. And that's important yeah, because... Like, you know, I don't I don't know if people are aware of something called the Milgram experiment, which is a psychology experiment in which people were taken and said, hey, you got to zap this person because some, some authority figure says so. And they keep increasing the voltage. And every time they increase the voltage, you could hear the, the other person in pain, allegedly. But. The other people, the people are told that the experiment has to continue and, and people, people tend to submit to authority more readily than they realize. Yeah. And it's, it's just so easy to submit someone to someone in authority. But when you have the awareness that, Hey, this person may have a clipboard or a lab coat or a title, I don't have to submit to them. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, the, the moving the blame like that. And I think that's how a lot of people. Uh, justify doing things that are wrong. It's like they can sleep at night because they're like, well, you know, I I essentially murdered this old lady, but, you know, it was, I'm going to place the blame on either the chief of police or the judge or, yeah, you know. I was told to do it. So yeah, and it doesn't matter what I did. It's disappointing, you know, like as a human being, people should have their own morals and their own ethics and be able to think freely and say like, take a step back hey, what we're doing here is wrong and I'm going to leave and I'm not going to be a part of this. It's like that's the only thing that separates us from animals is the fact that we can choose, you know, what we're going to do based on how we feel about it. Like animals would just eat something else because they're hungry. We don't do that. We don't just raid someone's house because they may be talking about us in a way we don't like. You know, that's essentially what happened here. Like, I'm afraid that they're going to release something that you know, honestly, probably should be released about him. I um, hope it does get released. Me, me I hope too. whatever it is, like, <laughs> I hope the world knows. I hope whoever leaked the information to this newspaper remains safe, because I'd be really scared right now if a psychopath calling himself the chief of police knew that I was telling a newspaper when I knew about him being a sexual assaulter. Like, these people yeah, are freaks. Well, he's clearly dangerous. Right. I mean, any, I think all cops are dangerous, because... You would just have to be a bad person to sign up for the job. You would just yeah. have to have and your stay in the job. Out. I don't, you know? I don't like, know if that's entirely the case, though. I'm sure there are some good people who sign up for the job thinking they're going to do good in the world. However, they're dragged into a system that's potentially abusive. Yeah, I, I mean, so like this is the difference. It's like uh, we can give uh, some people the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, maybe you know you thought you were gonna you know help your community become a cop. Once you look around and see the corruption, I mean, if you don't leave, either they're an idiot that cannot see the blatant corruption or 
they're, you know, like any good person in that position would leave. And the other thing is, I think that it's less and less the case that I have to give them the benefit of the doubt as more and more of this crap gets publicized. Yeah. What do you think? I think that um, basically every single person who is a cop in 2023 is a bad person. Because I don't know if I agree with you on that, though, Bonnie. I don't think all cops are bad. I, I mean, they know what they're signing up for. And at the very least, they know that they're not um, following due process every day. What do you think? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. ShireSociety.com Free Talk Live Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160 is the number for you to call if you have anything on your mind you want to bring up, if you want to comment on what we're talking about, that number is 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And I think Riley had a little bit more to say about the last topic we were having or conversation we were having. So before before we went to the break, Bonnie, you were saying that all cops are bad. And it just seems like you're collectivizing cops in general instead of the system. I think the entire system is messed up. And I'm I'm not going to say that all cops are bad because that would be collectivizing the people who try and join the police force to try and do some good. Granted... They're in a horrible system. They're doing horrible things. Not all of them are bad, though. But how do you define just like a bad person, Riley? A a bad person is someone who I would suggest is willingly harming people. And I can see how the profession of cop is harming person. The person themselves isn't bad. They just got forced into a horrible system and they're thinking they're doing good. I don't think that there's any force involved, though. That's the thing. They've applied for this job. And the other thing I'd like to point out is, yeah, there are a lot of things that you probably don't realize, bad things that you don't realize are happening until you're actually in it. You're actually caught. But let's think about what people commonly know about police before they sign up. They know that you're going to be Stopping people on the road to hand out tickets when they're doing things that are not a crime, like driving too fast. But they fast. don't see it that way. They, they see I these know. things as, as crimes. 
that need to be dealt with. I know. We, we as libertarians do not. It's not about being a libertarian. It's about realizing what is right and what is wrong. And I, I personally believe that there's an objective right and wrong. And that involves if you're harming someone else unnecessarily, like there isn't like something you're defending yourself from, you're hurting a person. And that can even be financially or wasting, yeah. uh, you know, precious hours of their time. Um, and you don't have a reason for it, then it's wrong. And I just think that that even if they haven't learned that in their lives and they just don't think that it's wrong, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. That's what I think. I think if you've become an adult and because obviously it's not children signing up to be cops, you've become an adult and you haven't learned that by now, you're, um, intellectually lazy. And that's the thing. I don't consider it collectivizing by calling them all wrong because I'm, saying that a group of people who did this thing became cops are bad. So, I don't know. That's just my defense, my answer to that. Right. I can see I can see where you're coming from. The other thing to remember, too, is, you know, I've heard stories, and I haven't confirmed this, but police departments are hiring people with lower IQs. Yep, I've heard that. Um, yeah. It's been covered on the show before. It, it just... It's leading me to believe that they want to keep people trapped in a horrible system. And that's a good point because they're, um, it seems to me like a little groomery. Like if you want to take people that you know are dumber than you and tell them what to do when you know it's wrong, that's well, kind of like a groomer. Kind of- the thing, you know, they want people that are going to blindly obey authority. Yep. Right. Well, I don't know. That's all I had to say about it. Yeah. And- I mean, I can definitely see both sides of it. Like, I, I'm, I kind of lean towards like what Riley's saying. Like, I don't typically like collectivizing, and I feel like it is kind of collectivizing because, like, I haven't met every single cop. Like, maybe I, I don't know. Like, just to give like the human being side of it giving them the benefit of the doubt like i just think that we it's not collectivizing when if i say that everyone who is some race does a thing that's collectivizing because everybody's different but if i'm saying everyone who does this action is in the wrong and therefore that's bad it's not collectivizing in Um, my opinion i think it is because if i were to say like oh well all doctors or even to make it more specific like all oral surgeons you know something like that like to me that's still collectivizing because it's not looking at the individual but if you say all oral surgeons and then something that is definitely true of all oral surgeons yeah you're talking about a collective but it's not wrong like if i say all oral surgeons do surgery on mouths is that just wrong? You just shouldn't do that? Well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like, obviously, because like, that's like just the description of it. But but that's exactly what I mean. Like all cops signed up for a job by the, the definition. They signed up for this job. And I'm saying, and Riley is even agreeing, that the job causes you to do immoral things. So therefore, that just makes all cops bad. Um. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But if there's the the piece of ignorance there or if they truly believe that they are helping their community, because like there could be like it is possible to have a cop who has never I mean, even you could even argue the act of pulling someone over and, you know, triggering that anxiety kind of, you know, facilitating them getting stolen from through tickets and traffic violations, things like that, like 
you could say like, yeah, that is a bad thing to do. I would agree. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I just don't necessarily like blanket statements. Like, you know, all cops are bad. I just, I try to I avoid blanket statements as much as possible too. I just tried but- to avoid untrue statements. So like if a blanket statement's true, like, <laughs> you know, my I, point I is, I don't one. know all cop. I haven't met every single police officer in the entire world. So, you know, I can I can theorize like, yeah, more than likely they're probably, you know, all they're all probably doing bad things and they're more I, than likely all bad people. But I think the separation we have here is you guys are saying like the intention matters a lot. And I just don't think it matters as much as I think you guys think it does, because the the thing is, like, if you're going around harming other people and you just haven't thought of it that way that just makes you a bad lazy intellectually lazy person who's doing bad things whether you want to or meant to or not and if you've done it a million times you haven't even thought about it yeah to me that just makes you a terrible person i think it's also kind of important to look at like society and um like the cultural aspects around it right So in a lot of communities, like, you know, police officers are very revered and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, back to blue. So if you grow up in a small town. The children are are invited to go hang out with police officers, which is a little creepy. They're invited to spend time with police officers and get autographs or whatever. I don't know if they get autographs necessarily. but they might. (laughs) Maybe. But, But yeah, so like if you grow up in a small town where it's like it's a very noble, good thing to be a police officer and like that's what like... 99% 99% of the people in your town believe it wouldn't be crazy to believe that those people might think that being a police officer is a good thing and that they're not harming people. Well, I just I think know. like, yeah, brainwashing is definitely an aspect of why some people would not think that hard about it. But just I, I think there are lots of people that break out of their culture because they've realized that what their culture is doing is wrong or whatever. And it's not impossible. And if anything, um, I like I just I really don't like the idea of like, oh, you just have to be this way because it's your culture. And I'm not saying that's what you guys are saying, but I hear it a lot. It's like, listen, that's their culture. Yeah, well, it, you can do something different. You're an autonomous person. Like, yeah. Yeah. I grew up on military bases. We would have like parades talking about how great soldiers are all the time. And <laughs> I would hear that song um, by, I forget his name, Toby Keith, that says um, like, um, you know, America's coming for the other countries and we're going to kill everyone. I, I just don't want to even say the lyrics on the air because yeah. a lot of them are cussing. But and I always thought like, yeah, that's all true. Um, The Muslims are bad and all that stuff. And guess what? I grew up and changed my mind on those, all those things. I was completely yeah. brainwashed. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've my changed dad's my mind on those things, too. So I, I just think it's not like, oh, it's not your problem. As soon as you become an adult to become, you know, somebody who thinks differently because, well, your parents told you a thing. You know, it just, to me, that's lazy. And I don't know. I just don't think that, yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about it. I think all cops are bastards and terrible and bad people. But in other news, we have this story from Fortune.com. Housing market affordability is worse now than at the height of the housing bubble in 2006. Whoa. Which, you know, that was famously really bad because there was a huge bubble and then it burst and and then we had the 2008 financial crisis. I'm going to predict this financial crisis when it hits and I'm I'm saying it's hitting now is going to be far worse than the 2008 crisis and potentially the Great Depression. 
Huh. Well, even the Great Depression. Although, I mean, I would definitely say more than 08. It, it'll definitely be worse be just because of inflation alone. But uh, The Great Depression, maybe. But I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, the, worse than the panic of 08, for sure. Well, I, I bet that you're right, Riley. I, I haven't even like looked into it much, but I just would bet you're right because inflation can only get worse and worse. And we had 2020 now, so we had, I think it was more than a third of all the money yes, ever printed. Yes, it was a third of the money that's ever been printed in the history of the Federal Reserve Bank since yep. 1913. A third of that money was printed in 2020 so everyone could have their stimulus checks and yep. government welfare and that inflated the money supply thus leading to increased price, yeah, increased prices because there are more dollars chasing the same amount of goods. In this case, fewer goods because of supply chain issues right. in the economy, thus leading to higher prices. I'm wondering, does anybody know what uh, the Fed is reporting the national inflation rate at? I haven't looked at Because I know like, last time it, it was recently. like 7% or like something ridiculous. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, anybody that you know is alive and breathing... <laughs> Can tell you that it has to be more than that. Yeah. If you know the answer, 603-283-6160 is the phone number. You can give us those numbers if you have them. Yeah, maybe there's somebody out there who's just screaming at their radio the answer. But yeah, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I haven't um, heard it recently. But yeah, I think the last time I heard was also 7%. So maybe somewhere around there because, you know, they like to lie. It says on Monday, the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate reached 7.48% marking the highest level since the year 2000. Even prior to this recent surge in mortgage rates, housing affordability, as monitored by the Atlanta Fed, had already deteriorated beyond the levels seen at the housing bubble's peak in 2006. Once this latest mortgage rate surge is factored in, August 2023 will become the worst month for housing affordability this century. This is really sad because, you know, those of us who want to eventually have houses and own property, we're, we may not be able to at this rate. Right. And it just sucks because there's like a lot of people who want to move to New Hampshire and a lot of them keep saying like, you know, houses are expensive right now, so I'm pushing it off. Houses yeah. are expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. And houses seem to go off the market really fast here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And there's no inventory at all. And, and people keep talking about this bubble. And honestly, I mean, people have been talking about the bubble for the past two, three years, Hmm. and I just don't see anything happening, really. Like, you know, like the rates are fluctuating, like they went up and now they're kind of coming down again and, you know, houses were up and now the prices are coming a little bit down, but I just don't, I, I don't see the prices coming down, honestly. Like, I just think it's going to stay this bad. Hmm. I mean, there's no way to know. And then, you know, every real estate agent you talk to or every, you know, uh, economist that is (laughs) predicting things like they all say something different. So some people, you know, I heard, you know, some real estate agents say like this is just with inflation, like this is the price of a house these days. Like money is just worthless, essentially. And then some people are talking about the bubble and it's like, okay, if you just wait, you know, one year, maybe the prices are going to come down. But by that time... Inflation may be skyrocketing again or something's going to change in the housing market and houses will be still unaffordable. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. if your money's worth less, 
Doesn't really matter. Yeah, either way. And that's the thing, too. Like, either way, I mean, the economy's in shambles and the money's worthless and things are unaffordable. I mean, people can't even afford food. It's like, oh, we're talking about buying houses. I mean, a lot of people can't even afford groceries. Yeah. Never mind a house. Says the journey to this predicament can be traced back to last year's sharp rise in mortgage rates, which escalated from 3% to over 7%. That rage surge, coupled with pandemic housing boom, the pandemic housing boom, I don't even know what that is, pushing U.S. home prices up over 40% in just two years, deteriorated housing affordability across the nation. Wow, 40%. I think what they're referring to is the the idea that, you know, when the pandemic hit, people wanted to move someplace else. A lot of them were moving out of the cities because the yeah. cities were crazy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And I think like a lot of those people moved to New Hampshire. A lot of people from Massachusetts moved to southern New Hampshire. Yeah, I did see. To get away from like all of the tyranny there. And people from New York and elsewhere probably moved here too absolutely and not even just like actual libertarian um you know free stater types like just normal statist people right who just you know i mean especially republicans i saw numbers on that yeah and i saw something that was showing like which states gained and which states lost population during 2020 Mm -hmm. and new hampshire was one that gained so lisa stervent chief economist at bright mls In a statement to Fortune said, the housing market is at a pivotal point as we head into fall. Mortgage rates are now more than a two decade high. And for some home shoppers, these rates are enough to cause them to step back from the market. It is likely to be a very slow fall in the housing market this year. Oh, like people won't be buying as much. Home prices, which had rebounded this summer, will dip in some markets as new listing activity increases at the same time a segment of the home buying population sits the market out. Well, I've been seeing lots of houses go for sale in my own neighborhood, just like so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're just like, well, this is like a really expensive time for houses. Let's sell now. We've been thinking about it, whatever. Sell it yeah. now to get as much as possible for it. But the other thing is they do get bought up pretty quickly, too. There's just that many people looking for houses. But she's well, saying... I think I think the bigger thing, especially in our area, is there's no inventory. Yeah. You know, and that's another reason why prices are so expensive. Because you can charge that much when and, there's no inventory. And people aren't building here as fast... So there isn't much inventory going on. There's well, it, there isn't a lot of construction going on. And it's it's almost it's close to impossible to find, you know, people to be able like the the laborers yep. to be able to build a house. And the supply chain has been so messed up. I watched yeah. this girl, it's in Canada, but I'm pretty sure it's about the same thing. Uh she was building her own house and she started in like 2019. So that was terrible timing because then in 2020 mm-hmm. her house is still being bought and she had to change so many things she had selected because it's just oh they just don't sell that type of wood anymore or um that is back ordered for uh, a next the next year or stuff like that it's crazy like you just can't get all your supplies you normally would get and then and like it's said, expensive people trying to work yeah and it's just gonna yeah. be more expensive I, than it ever has there's been a shortage in the trades because everybody's going to get useless college degrees mm. instead of like you know learning useful skills right so i mean in when there's a shortage of workers, they can charge an arm and a leg to to do the the same work. Makes so. sense. 
Yep. Um, it says, well, this woman, Lisa Sturtbart, doesn't expect major house price corrections. So it's like kind of like what you're saying, Nikki. Since supply is still at a historically low level and overall economic conditions remain healthy. Okay, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> she does see risk in overheated housing markets. House prices in places like Austin and Boise have already started to fall again, apparently. Um, the markets at greatest risk of price declines are those where affordability challenges are the worst, including some West Coast markets as well as some places um, as well as places where prices have run up quickly, including in parts of the Sun Belt. You know where that is? The Sun I, Belt? I think the Sun Belt is in Florida. Oh. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that term before. Me either. While the current lack of housing affordability echoes the affordability conditions leading up to the 2008 housing crash, there are dis- distinct differences that set the two periods apart. Unlike the years preceding the 2008 crash, the nation is not grappling with an excessive surplus of existing homes for sale. In fact, housing inventory levels are hovering at historic lows, with July 2023 witnessing a staggering 47% decline in homes available for sale. So it sounds a lot like what you're saying, Nikki. So I, I just really quickly, I looked up the Sun Belt, and apparently it's just essentially the southern United States. Oh, okay. So like, you know, all, oh, the, yeah. all the states... Kind of parallel to Texas. Yeah. So my parents did say that they saw um, this thing that was saying that cities and, um, you know, economic activities going way up in Alabama, um, just like people want to move there. I guess they just don't want to live wherever they came from, some big city. And they're like, you know what? Maybe Alabama is a good place to live. So a bunch of people are moving there Hmm. Um, and they live there. So that's why it would be interesting to them. Furthermore, the U.S. housing market in 2023 is not plagued by the risky mortgage products that contributed to the 2008 bust. In fact, the pandemic housing boom was the opposite of the boom in the aughts. This boom was primarily led by households with high incomes who, because of low mortgage rates and remote work policies, were seeking out a new home. The path to improving housing affordability moving forward rests on three key levers. Rising incomes declining home prices, or lower mortgage rates. Among these, mortgage rates hold the greatest potential for short-term impact. Unlike home prices that have shown a historic, uh, historical resistance to steep inclines, mortgage rates are inherently volatile and can rapidly shift downward if financial markets loosen. For instance, many economists believe if the Federal Reserve's battle against inflation triggers a recession, it would likely push mortgage rates lower. I just think it's hilarious. They would characterize it as the Federal Reserve's battle against inflation instead yeah, of them causing they're, it. They're not battling against inflation. They're they're pretending to control it while actually being the ones who caused it in the first place. Right. That's just ridiculous. It says, well, a forecast released on Monday by the Mortgage Bankers Association anticipates a decline in the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate to 6.2% from, I think it was 7.4% at the top. Um, by quarter four, 2023, and further down to 5% by quarter four, 2024, renowned housing analyst Bill McBride expe- uh, expresses skepticism. McBride voiced his reservations, stating that, in my humble opinion, rates will be higher for a lot longer than they expect. And that sounds like what Nikki said she's heard, and I wouldn't doubt it because, you know, there's not that many houses for sale. There's just, just a way lower inventory than there ever has been. So I can't see it going exactly the same way as it went in 2008. Not that that'd be a good thing either. I just think we're in for, you know, 
altogether worse times economically thanks to inflation and the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And are- I think like we're not going to know until it happens. Right. And I think so many people are talking about like people have been, you know, talking about the bubble. And they're they're talking about it like it's fact, and it's like okay, yeah. well, like where is it? Because you've yeah. been saying and this people, for the past two years. People have been talking about economic crash coming. It, it hasn't materialized too much. Kind of like weather. How how can somebody actually claim to know? Yeah. Yeah. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. This is free talk live. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. Talk Live. You're listening to talk radio that you can control. You can call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160 is that number to call. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And since this is an open phones talk show, we're going to answer your phone calls. Sarah in New Mexico, you're on the phone. What's on or yeah, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. I have an update about our uh, speeding cameras here in Albuquerque. Okay. So the update is that um, it, it has been working well. It, they found that it has been slowing the um, the drivers down. And so I think we have 17 cameras, so they're gonna we're going to expand it. Oh, have the so accidents I- increased yet? Oh, the, the, they found that the accidents have decreased. And the drivers are speeding less. Huh. So um, they're going to put more cameras on state highway. They're going to put more ca- and The county's going to get the speeding vans also. Do you trust the police to, with these numbers to calculate this themselves? No, I, 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 I could feel that the driver, when I'm, when I'm walking around, I feel like they are driving slower. You know what I mean? It's just uh, what I'm, what I've been gathering. So my question, Sarah. Like, so my question is this, Sarah. You know, in order for due process to really work in the court system, how is a speeding camera really going to be good? Because you really have to face your accuser, and if it's just a speeding camera and not a police officer, who 
how can people face their accuser if it's just a speeding camera? Well, you know, the accusers are the people that are viewing the video footage. They got you on film. They got you on video speeding with your face, the car, the license plate, all that. I don't know. I don't think you, you can be considered a witness to something just because you saw even a video camera, even if you're alive viewing it. I don't I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I don't think you can be considered a witness in court, but you certainly but, weren't I mean, there. That's a lot of people that are viewing your footage and your picture speeding and the, the that is the accuser. How good are these cameras? So, Maybe someone looks a lot like their sister and it wasn't them doing it. I mean, it's probably pretty easy to win these tickets if you yeah, take them. You right. Know? That's what I was thinking too. Well, thank you for the call, Sarah. I just and don't really have we appreciate it. much more to say about that because uh, I don't like that. I don't, I, even if, no. um, I even if they're I really not like, lying. I don't like the automation that policing has gone under where they have speeding cameras and things like that instead of... License plate readers. Yeah, and things like that. It just sounds like we're living more and more in a police state. Yep, um, definitely does sound like that. Well, we have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi there. It's me again. This is Tony from Chattanooga. I need to make clarification on the last thing we talked about, about your secession from the United States. The federal government will withhold funding from any state that helps you after you secede from the government. I mean, how do you know that? It's never happened before. Wait a minute. They're going to barricade your state off. You can't get in and out. No power lines going in and out. You will be considered a rogue state. Are they going to are they going to cut our power lines if we decide to break away from the United States government? Because we're, we already have power lines going in and out of New Hampshire. I, I just I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But Nikki asked you a question, Tony. So would you mind answering? What makes you believe that? How do you know that? Tony, are hey, you there? Yes. Okay. What makes me believe that is dealing. Watching the news, watching the government deal with other countries, other people that that act as a rogue state. And if you secede from the United States government, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be considered a rogue state. And the government will withhold federal funding from any other states that do business with you. So last last time you called in, um, I pointed out that New Hampshire is one of the states that actually gives out more funding than we receive from the federal government. So financially speaking, it actually doesn't really make sense. It's almost like the rest of the country is kind of a burden on us economically. Um, And I'm not even if they were to cut power lines. I mean, I'm not really concerned about that as well because we would be able to sustain our own infrastructure when it comes to things like electricity, water, waste removal. Um, yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't be impossible for us to be able to handle all of that are on our own, you know, in a very and last efficient time he called, manner. We, none of us knew because I just, I don't know, I don't pay the electrical bill in my house. Um, none of us knew this, but... It was like we didn't have a clear answer for Tony, but he was saying, oh, the feds are going to take away your electricity. Remember, he was saying they're going to take away your electricity and something else. Electricity. Bye bye. Electricity. Something like that. Yeah. Like, poof, it's gone. It was so ridiculous. Well, New Hampshire completely controls that, not the feds. Also, the. Oh, yeah. So it's a state thing. So roads, yeah. too. Even even the roads. Like, I thought maybe there's some like um, federally 
like there are interstate roads and the feds claim to own them, but New Hampshire maintains them. So, yeah, I just you have anything to say about that, Tony, since last time you said those are just going to magically disappear if we secede? Right. That's that's what I'm saying. The state, the federal government is going to barricade your roadway system off in New Hampshire from the rest of the country. Because if you're not part of the United States, the United States isn't going to let you travel through New Hampshire because that your roads are no longer United States roads. Well, what about this, Tony? I just want to ask, do you believe that that is right? Do you think that the federal government would be right in doing that? If you secede from the United States and, and decide not to be a part of our democracy any longer, then yes, they are right to do that. Do you think why? that people would be... They would be right in ruining some people's businesses that um, rely on, you know, interstate travel right now. You think it would just be fine because, well, they made a decision that they want, didn't want to be part of the federal government? It would not be right, and it would be a problem, but the United States would build roads all the way around to bypass you. Well, thank you for the call. I, I don't believe that that would happen, and I also think it's pretty ridiculous that he understands that it would not be right, but he doesn't see why we want to secede because they do things that are not right. This is what concerns me the most is Tony is talking about a group of strangers calling themselves government that seem to want to control other people's lives. And this is the problem with some people touting the idea of democracy is democracy is mob rule. Now, I understand that the tyranny of the majority is what we use to choose our our supposed leaders in this in this country but at the same time it's like why are we keeping why do we have to keep choosing our supposed leaders why do we have to use this outdated antiquated system to choose leaders why can't we just either find a way to govern ourselves which is really difficult to do because we've never been trained to govern ourselves Hmm. or you know with the idea of secession breaking off from the united states trying something different we don't have to go back to the past and we, we can try things differently. It's okay to try something different. Yeah, it's okay for things to change. That's the problem with like conservatives. A lot of times they just think nothing should ever change. Um, I also just think that it's fear mongering every time someone calls in with this. Like Nikki asked him, how do you know this would happen? And he just, his answer wasn't really um, good to me because... Um, well, it was based off of what, like, other countries. And I'm like, okay, but, but also, if no state has ever seceded from the United States, right. how are you going to definitively know exactly what's going to happen? Would, and then you, it's also just not right because I've right. Heard, heard of many countries that seceded from the groups they were in, whether it was a federal thing like we have or not, and they weren't quote-unquote, considered road road countries in the United States went and blasted them or something. It's just the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom broke away from the European Union. Yep. Recently, and no one got bombed. Yep. And, and the other thing I would suggest to people who get afraid when they hear stuff like that, people who just don't understand how it would work and they're interested, is to read Articles of Secession by Alu Axelman. That's what I wanted to suggest last time, but I couldn't remember the name of the book. And now we have another caller on the line. We have Creighton in Kentucky. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. I, I wanted to respond, to, I think, to the last caller okay, about the, uh, the problems associated with uh, seceding from the United States. Okay. And um, on one hand, what he said about, you know, 
the, gov- the federal government is going to harass the population of New Hampshire in some form or fashion. You would expect that. But on the other hand, he says, they're going to take away your electricity. Well, first of all, that's a ridiculous idea because electricity is primarily generated within its own state. Uh, very, very little electricity moves across state lines except in strange circumstances. Hmm. But, um, but the idea that you, that you are, that an individual is, has enough foresight to realize that there's going to be some inconvenience that's imposed upon the first state to secede that's that's a fair argument, but at the same time, he realizes he sees it coming, yet he doesn't see that there's a solution by knowing in advance. Right. It's that, I mean, it's a I'm, fair argument, but at the same time, it just shows that this is an abusive entity, and this gives us all the more reason to say goodbye. We don't need an abusive yeah, it, entity. It's like it's like if you break up with an abusive partner, and that, that abusive partner is harassing you all the time. People aren't going to say, well, you did a bad thing by breaking up with this abusive partner. They're going to say, good for you breaking up with this abusive partner. Find a way to lock your house better or whatever. But in this case, because this abusive partner with us is now the government, they should get a pass. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a strange, strange uh, line of thinking. I've encountered recently, on a similar note, an individual who argued that libertarian to me he argued that libertarians are like communists and i was like well how is that was it well the communists uh and make make economic mistakes and impose them upon you but libertarians blame you for your own economic mistakes and i was like well somebody has to pay for the economic mistakes <laughs> yeah that's so silly. That's an interesting argument. It doesn't even make any sense. I don't get. I don't get it at all, honestly. But because the libertarians want to blame someone, I, yeah, that's just silly. Being like a communist well, would have to be like, oh, I want to take your money and distribute it among everyone else who doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, personal responsibility just became a social disorder. I mean, yeah, right. I, we live in a strange world, and I don't know. And sometimes I don't know how I fit into it anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. A lot actually. of people are completely brainwashed to where they can't even think for themselves, and stuff like that just comes out of their mouth. I just, I just wanted to jump in there. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much. I, I really didn't know that until well, Ian was like, Bonnie, didn't you know that we have our own electricity companies in New Hampshire? No, but I also didn't know that other states largely all take care of it themselves. He, uh, as Crichton said, he said it a very little electricity like moves over state lines. Well, I, I guess that that is even more reason we should leave because the electricity won't go poof or vanish or whatever he was saying. But I mean, and that like wouldn't be a concern at all. Like like the typical concerns like, oh, the U.S. you know military might try to attack us. I mean. I would think that maybe that would be more of a valid concern than like the roads because those are the same things that people come up with when you're like, okay, um, this is, you know, this is why anarchy is better or like this is how it would work or this is why the government is bad and we need to replace it with um, some different system. Those are the first things people go for, right? Like, well, what about running water? What about, what about electricity? What about schools? What about the roads? And it's like. We have the capability of doing all of that. I, people are doing it right now. 
even with the government being there, like people are homeschooling their kids. There are people that are, you know, homesteading, living off the grid. They have a drilled well. They have solar panels. You know, they raise all of their own food or buy it from local farms. You know, like there are already solutions to all of these issues and people are living that life right now as we speak. Right. Captain Kickass, one of our show hosts here on Free Talk Live, has said multiple times that instead of replacing the system, let's build parallel systems like Bitcoin is a parallel money system to the, to the money system that the government has created. There are alternative systems that we can build. We don't have to tear down the government. We can build parallel systems to compete with the government until the government becomes so obsolete we don't need them anymore. Yeah, and I do, I do think that's a really great thing to think about because, you know, that's another concern, right? Like, so if we secede, oh, what's going to happen then? Like, everything's going to change abruptly and it's going to be, like, so scary and we're going to lose, you know, all of these things. But if we already have those systems in place... And then, you know, it's just it will create more of a smooth transition. And also, I think it's really important for people to recognize that you already have that power within yourself. Like you have the freedom to choose the way you live your life. Um, And it is possible. You know, it's not always easy. Um, And, you know, maybe even sometimes the state might go after you for trying to do some of these things. But it is possible to stop asking for permission to live your life. Like like I said, off the grid, you know, just doing your own thing with your family. Like that is, there are people that are doing that and kind of trying to live their life in, you know, a more balanced authenticity, you know, without asking the government for permission to do anything. And like I also, you know, pointed out earlier, like you might get attacked for it and it isn't always an easy route, but we, we do have the options to start doing things like that. And I just really hope that as the New Hampshire exit um, community grows larger, the movement gets larger, that more people who are terrified of being responsible for their own lives think, oh, this is New Hampshire is not a place I should be. Like, really, we might leave this, um, the federal government like I need to get out of here. I, I think that that would only be better for us. So people like. I'm glad that Tony's in Tennessee and not in New Hampshire, but if you people who think like him and they're they're terrified of what would happen if um, people had to maintain the roads that you know live here, like what what happens right now. I, I don't know why um, people can't understand that that's how it works, but so people have to maintain the roads and the water system and schools without federal funding. It people who are terrified of that should leave. The thing I want to say is that I hope the. New Hampshire secession movement grows because discussions like what Tony are bring what Tony brought to us need to happen. We need to have these discussions. We need to have these these discussions with other people so that when the time comes that New Hampshire decides to become its own country and change political designations with the United States government, that people aren't going to freak out right. too badly. That's another reason I think people should read Articles of Secession by Alu Axelman. But speaking of electricity, um, Nikki has a article about electric vehicles owners possibly getting targeted by some governments. Yeah, so this is out of Oregon and Utah. So Oregon and Utah announced mandated GPS trackers in electric vehicles to tax drivers per mile driven. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um the landscape of road taxation is shifting as Oregon and Utah take innovative steps 
to address the unique challenge posed by electrical vehicles. In an effort to fairly fund road maintenance, these states are introducing GPS trackers for electric vehicles, aiming to track miles driven and consequently impose a per mile tax. And I'm sure this, you know, ties into the 15 minute city too. Like, oh, you don't want to go too far because you're going to be taxed. <laughs> yeah. It is no surprise that this move has sparked debates about privacy concerns and the expanding role of technology in governance. Right. That's what I was thinking. Obviously, they're going to try to justify it by saying, well, we need a GPS tracker to say, see how many miles you yeah. drove. But w- w- do you need to know where these people are at all times? And that's the thing, too. It's like, mm, yeah, what else are you finding out with those GPS trackers, though? Right. Who's you know? watching the data? Why yeah. couldn't it Is just the data be secure? Couldn't it just no. be that they look at the odometer at the beginning of the year, then look at it at the end of the year? Yeah, like there are other things to address, and this isn't even an issue, so I don't even know why it needs to be addressed. Um, and I didn't really, I, I did know that they use some of the taxes from you know fuel sales to fund maintenance for the roads. Allegedly, I doubt that's actually really that true. But it just seems like such a non-issue. Like, a lot of these states are pushing so hard that people get electric vehicles, and now all of a sudden you're going to tax people more for them? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. But the rationale behind this change is twofold. With electric vehicles eschewing traditional gasoline consumption, the revenue generated from gasoline taxes typically used for road maintenance faces a decline. In response, Oregon and Utah are piloting programs to ensure that electric vehicle owners contribute to maintaining the roads they use. Michigan is also contemplating a similar road usage charge system. The thing is, Utah is traditionally a conservative state, or used to be. But it seems like more and more, the people calling themselves the government of Utah want to tax people more. Yeah, Yeah. I was honestly, I mean, I'm not surprised by a new tax coming to Utah, but I was a little surprised by the whole GPS tracker thing. Yeah. Seems like something the people of Utah be like, I'm not going to put up with that. I know. Seriously. Um, Oregon's Orgo program encourages volunteers to sign up for a system where they pay a fee based on the miles they drive on public roads. While around 700 participants have joined the program, uptake has been limited. Participants can either manually report their mileage or employ GPS devices to monitor their travel. Why would you sign up for that? Hmm. I wouldn't, but I don't drive, so there's that. Maybe I just, yeah, it's just strange, though. Maybe it's like if you get found out that you're not signing up, then... Well, it's a volunteer-based program, so it seems uh, voluntary. Um, So maybe now it's voluntary, but won't be in the future? Yeah, so so I guess that program is... To test out how it would work if they were to put this into legislation. Hmm. Uh, Utah, however, has gone a step further by mandating GPS trackers for every electric vehicle. With roads funded through gasoline sales taxes, the state is adapting to the rising number of fuel-efficient and electrical vehicles. Under Utah's system... Uh, EV drivers are charged approximately one cent per mile, deducted from a prepaid wallet. The DriveSync app, uh, integral to this system, 
offers trip tracking and driving reports, even including a driving coach feature that assesses driving behavior. So this is going way beyond just trying <laughs> to tax people. Yeah, it really is. It sounds like it sounds like what the people calling themselves in the state of Utah are trying to do is get more into your driving habits. They can tell you, oh, you need to drive better. Right. You're yeah. a bad driver. Well, they're trying to spy on people, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, after this article goes to the internet, so they, they're quoting some internet users, uh, one user stated, they may use GPS for that reason, but I bet that's not the only thing they end up using it for. Right. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> then at Montana Rancherman added, ha ha ha, never going to buy electric. So clearly this is backfiring because they want people to to use electric vehicles so bad. Yeah, but I mean, um, is that Montana guy not realizing that he also pays taxes? Just Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, he probably has more of an issue with the GPS tracking and less yeah, of an issue point. with the taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Donnie Owens re- retorted, that's one way to kill the vibe on electric vehicles, LOL. Right. It's like... Way to encourage people to buy electric vehicles. Not that I really fall for that, but lots of yeah. like that's what the governments are supposed to be telling us. The electric vehicles well, are, are so much better. And you know, like some people really enjoy them. Um, and I can definitely see like if it is more cost effective, people that travel a lot. Like you know, I've considered maybe getting a Prius or some sort of hybrid because I do drive so much. So um, you know, it would be nice to have a car like that mm. for like say if I'm going on a road trip. Like you know, Matt's car gets like. Matt is your husband, by the way, in case your listeners are wondering. Um, His car gets like, you know, uh, his worst fuel economy is like 40 miles per gallon. So sometimes he's, you know, he's gotten as high as 75 miles per gallon per like whole trip. So I I do get the allure of some of these hybrid vehicles or electric vehicles, but... I do too. I just mostly meant like, I don't really believe that it's like so much better for the... It's really not. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not. What do you think about all this? Is this a breach of people's privacy? 603-283-6160. Whatever is on your mind is 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And we've been talking about, well, some people called in and brought up the subject of secession last um, segment. Because people in New Hampshire are getting tired of the federal government. And a lot of us want to leave and just be New Hampshire. And apparently that's some kind of... Um, you know, scandalous idea. Well, there's enough of us that the movement is starting to get some popularity, but I wouldn't say a lot of us. I mean, it's like, what, 28, 29% that wants New Hampshire to leave? Oh, that's pretty high. I don't think it's 28%. Okay. It might be higher, lower. I don't remember. I just know that there was a survey done about it. 
Yeah, I, I can't remember either the exact numbers. Who did the was, survey? Was it NH Exit? There was a... Well, NH Exit people paid for it to get done, but the first oh. one, I, I don't remember. They were done by... One was done, I don't remember, by a company, but it's like a reputable company, and it got more favorable mm-hmm. results for us. And then the second one was done by the University of New Hampshire. I don't know if that's what it's called. Some new ha- university in New Hampshire. And it got significantly worse results. So I, I don't really know, I don't know, like which one to believe. It's all done within one year, so, or like a year and a half. Um, but all I know is I know plenty of people in my life that want to leave, and we like to talk about it a lot on the show because a lot of people just haven't even thought of it. Like, I think some people um, immediately think, oh, that would be such a bad idea just because they haven't thought of it. Maybe we could vote harder and get, like, Donald Trump in power again. That might save America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't even have to secede. We should yep. just vote harder. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you tried voting? <laughs> Donald Trump may just come in and save America. You're right, Riley. <laughs> Apparently, they're having their debates tonight I, i'm not even remotely interested even if i wasn't doing the show i wouldn't be watching it yeah i wouldn't be watching them either i just don't care about the presidential debates especially now i mean this is we're near we're, we're, we're yeah we're over a year away from the 2024 election and already the republicans are jumping on the bandwagon and like hey, we gotta get we gotta get this going we gotta debate and see who wins is it Crazy. just Republicans? Yeah, it's just Republicans. Oh, okay. Is anybody even running against Joe Biden yet for a Democrat seat? The Democratic... Um... All I know is RFK is running against Joe Biden. That's oh, all I yeah, know. That's oh, true. right. Yeah, he's him. a Democrat. I totally... It's funny. I don't follow any of that at all. Like, I, The only reason why I knew anything about that uh, is because he spoke at Porkfest. And the then also like Festival, yeah. made it a gun-free zone, and that really got people all up in a tizzy. Of course. I mean, it's a libertarian festival. Guns are typically open carry there. And here this guy comes and says, no, we got to have our own security. And, you know, a lot of free staters um, who were all for hearing RFK come speak because, oh, well, he doesn't like vaccines. That's like such a low bar. Anyways, yeah. or like mandates, you know. He doesn't like mandates. Well, that's such a low bar. Sorry that um, not wanting to make force people to inject something into their body is some kind of heroic stance at this point. Like, it doesn't change anything to me. It's a low bar. Vaccines Um, are useful. Mandates are not. Well, um, yeah, either way, I think the RFK is just completely against the vaccines anyway. But so some of the free staters who were all happy about having him there, they were like, well, it worked out because we got press about it because the democrats in new hampshire are mad about it but don't you think personally i think it would be better press if the free state project said oh you want to have a gun free zone sorry we're not gonna allow you to be here like just blew off rfk just because he wanted to take our guns away i think that'd be way funnier and better yeah i think that may make for a more interesting story if that had happened it would be interesting because it would spark debate across the nation of oh my gosh these libertarians aren't kowtowing to this politician yeah yeah, but people totally did i think it would have been way better just so funny um yeah so i think there was a reason i brought that that up yeah i guess just because we're talking about democrats and debates the debates yeah already i I mean it's just crazy people are paying so much attention to the political circus going on in dc Yet they probably don't even know who their town mayor is or or go to city council meetings. Have you guys heard that it's possible that mask mandates are coming back? I've oh, heard yeah. about that, but I, I'm skeptical that mask mandates are going to come back. Maybe in hmm. some cities, 
like Los Angeles, San Francisco, some cities in California, but definitely not here in New Hampshire. I mean, it's kind of strange because, so I guess Alex Jones was one of the people who, you know, he allegedly on his show, he said he was friends with someone who was very high up. Well, Alex Jones is known as being a, a bit of a conspiracy nut. So there is that. Uh, but most of the things he says end up being true. So I, I usually kind of, whatever, pay he, attention. He's read to, about a lot of stuff like way in the past that's happened so, now. And, and according to him, um, you know, he had a friend who is obviously remaining anonymous, but a friend that worked at some something to do with airlines. And they were saying that they went to a meeting with a bunch of high up execs that were saying that the mask mandates were coming back and, you know, this, that and the other thing. Um but yeah, I, I've just been seeing so much about it um, on social media and people are, you know, the we will not comply thing is coming back and, you know, people are just really, really, really up in arms about it, which, you know, of course, I mean, I was not a fan of the mandates, but, you know, if a store wanted me to wear a mask and I didn't want to wear a mask, I just wouldn't go to that store. Yeah, sometimes um, it's the best. Yeah, and, and even, I don't know, it's just... It seems like people are so upset about it. I don't want to say for no reason, but it seems like people are overreacting. Well, my question is just like, is it going to happen or not? I guess I we'll know. find out. I guess we'll find out when the time comes, when fall comes around. It just seems interesting that, you know, fall's approaching, flu season is approaching, and they're hyping up COVID. They're hyping up everyone gets their, everyone needs to get their flu shots and COVID shots because, you know, flu season is upon us. Therefore, COVID season might be upon us. Because I, I just think that it may not happen because I just think that way more people will not comply this time. And I, I think yeah. you're right, Bonnie. I I tend to believe that it wouldn't happen, that people aren't going to be all about getting complying to the mandates because we've been through this before. Right. Yeah. And I think people have gotten so used to not having to wear the masks, like even in a lot of, you know, like healthcare jobs, hmm. they they got rid of employees having to wear masks like you never hear about like people needing you know a vaccine passport to go to a concert or to get on an airplane or to go to country like we really stopped hearing all of that stuff for at least the better part of this year yeah people forgot so, that vaccine passports were a thing and so yeah i honestly yeah, forgot yes. said that. it's honestly really sad that so many people uh got vaccinated when they didn't want to to either keep their job or just because they thought they were going to have to or for a concert or whatever. And yeah, some of those regulations were put in place for a little bit. But I mean, even in the bigger cities, like I don't think they're requiring vaccines to go to concerts and in sporting events and stuff like that, like they said was going to continue. I think yeah. that kind of just fizzled out and all of those people got played. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Like I, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think that's happening because I haven't even thought about vaccine passports in so long. And we also live in New Hampshire, so we weren't dealing with that to begin with. And really, the only reason why we knew about it is probably because we do this show and we report on the news and you know the ha- the happenings that we're we're seeing. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of free staters were like, "It's so bad." It's, it, I mean, it was so bad. It's bad at any time people's rights are being taken away. It was absolutely so bad, but. New Hampshire was like, wow, there. this is like freedom land up here when I came up here because there were plenty of places where I'd just walk in with a mask. No one said anything. There wasn't a mandate at all in Manchester, which is where I was staying in 2020. And uh, even in Keene, there were plenty of places that just wouldn't say anything to you or you had that out, which is just, oh, I have an exemption. And then the, the manager leaves you alone. 
So it just wasn't that bad here. So I just can't see it coming back and just as many people complying. Like I'm, I feel that the way that it's leaning is way more people saying, wait, that was stupid. Like, wait, it wasn't just two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, even if people kind of like bought into that and they were, you know, either afraid of COVID or got vaccinated and still think that it was a good idea and continue Mm -hmm. to get their boosters. I think when it comes to like the mask stuff, I I think people are just sick of it. You know, like I I think people are just even like those people that are, you know, full believers. So I want to point out that some people have a right to be afraid of COVID because of weakened immune systems. But when you use the tools like government to force your your fear onto the rest of the people and demand that, you know, we all be forced to wear masks or forced to do certain things, that creates a problem for me. Yeah. Um. And I guess my point is, like, people are just, you know, people don't want to go along. People are used to not having to do all of those things anymore. So it's going to be harder to get the majority to get back involved with that, you know. I agree. That's, that's like, been my main point this whole time. Like, I think that if people keep speaking up about that they won't comply, then, quote unquote, they, the government, will be less likely to want to impose these because it will make yeah. them look stupid if they impose it and nothing like that happened in Keene. they imposed it in Keene, even though tons of people including me and Ian, when it spoke saying it was a bad idea to impose a mask mandate like a second one in 2021 and they did it anyway and then they just quietly got rid of it because lots of people were not complying even restaurant tours that time and that was the beginning of 2021 so i just i even if it does happen again I don't see it being as big of a deal as last time, but I brought I it think, up. I think many people will start to voluntarily wear masks, and that's fine, but I don't think that government's going to start forcing people to do all the mandated mask wearing and things like that. Well, hopefully they won't do it again, but they have before. Um, I brought it up because I have this article from something called The Conversation. Um, it's a website that does articles, and the article is about... Um, I wish that it had its name. Like, why? Oh, there it is. It says, COVID has highlighted the connection between spirituality and vaccine skepticism. Sounds like a little, I don't know, what does that mean? But it's something that I've been really interested in recently. Just, not just vaccine skepticism, but authority skepticism in general. I think that a lot more people who are spiritual will end up saying no to authority than those people who aren't. And I would tend to agree because, you know, those of us on a different spiritual path than the religion path tend to say, well, I would rather decide what my spirituality should look like and not have a prophet or a pope or a priest or a pastor tell me what, what to believe. Well, I agree with that, but this is going even farther, saying even people who are religious, even they are more likely to be, quote, vaccine skeptical. Hmm. So... I just think that there's something to it that when somebody believes that there's a higher power, whether they believe it's like the God of the Bible or they believe that it's just the universe or something else, they're less likely to just kowtow to the government because they have a higher power to answer to. And that's what this article is basically saying was proven by COVID. It says, in the two and a half years since the first COVID vaccines were administered, Anti-vaccination sentiment has grown exponentially. Skepticism about vaccines has been voiced, in particular in religious communities across the world, from South Korea and New Zealand 
to South Africa, the UK, and prominently among white evangelicals in the US. And I feel like this article might be trying to spin it in a bad way, which I I just kind of skimmed it before I brought it in today. But I just think that um, it's funny because I'm I take it as a good thing. Not that I think that all vaccines are bad and no one should ever get one. It's more just people are trying to think for themselves now. And people want to know what's in the vaccines and decide, okay, do I really need this stuff in my body? Right. And this guy goes on to say, in my own church, people have expressed disbelief and denial. Some have claimed the pandemic is a lie and that the solutions proffered are proof of governmental population control and the formation of a new world order. He says this clearly isn't the case for all religious people, but research confirms there is a strong correlation between spirituality and COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy, skepticism, and outright rejection. Among some religious and spiritual groups, the skepticism about vaccination is rooted in low faith in science. Among others, it overlaps with wider conspiracy theories. I just got to say, his idea that it's about low faith in science is a little ridiculous because it's not about, oh, I think science doesn't make sense. I think it's more just you have faith in these scientists who are telling you that it is the way that they say it is. And a lot of spiritual people don't believe it because... So I I think I, I agree with you, Bonnie. I think that it's important to question scientists, but not necessarily the scientific methods. Scientific methods are very useful to determine you know, hypotheses and theories and testing everything, which we should always do, including including talking to these supposed health experts about vaccines. What's in these vaccines? Do we know the long-term effects? If we don't, then, then how do we know they're actually going to be safe for us long-term, especially if they have mRNA, especially the mRNA vaccines? And one thing about it is these people who are the supposed experts, a lot of times they don't actually just blindly look for what the truth is and and put it out there. A lot of times they are paid to do their research by somebody who wants a specific outcome and then they just make it happen. They make it look a certain way. They write up their summary in a way that um, explains what their... Um, people paying them want it to be. And this is just straight up truth. I'm not like making it up. We've covered it on the show before that um, I I can't think of the word right now, but like the donors to the scientists who would be doing a certain experiment, the people that give them the money. The funders, they want to make sure they're funding certain science so they can sell products or whatever. Right. Like if you own a business, the skin's care company that sells skincare with some ingredient in it you want there to be science to back up that this skincare ingredient is safe or the best one for anti-aging or something like that so you'll pay a scientist to figure uh, find out a study make a study where that ends up the case and there are people out there in mlms too that would use science the quote-unquote science to support their claims that their essential oils work wonders for the body multi-level marketing companies yeah yep I've definitely seen that too. So it's it's just a little silly to me for this guy to say, well, these people have low faith in science. Well, maybe science as it stands, because we know that a lot of people who are scientists or doctors who stand up and say, hey, I know this isn't the consensus, but I believe something else, get shut out 
they get pushed out of universities they work at and jobs that they have because they aren't saying what, you know, the people who give them money want them to say. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's silly to just act like, well, these spiritual people, they don't like science. Like that's pretty, you know, reducing their argument to something silly. Between late 2020 and the summer of 2021, psychologists conducted a series of studies online in the UK. In the first two studies, they surveyed 296 and 289 participants, respectively, almost all of whom then took part in a follow-up study. This research found that people who were more spiritual were more hesitant or indecisive about getting the COVID vaccine. The researchers identified low science literacy and particularly low faith in science as causes. To explore these issues, I just think that's a little silly because there are plenty of things you can find, studies, scientific studies from reputable journals um, that will tell you the opposite. Like, did you know this, Riley, that Fauci came out in January and said that there's no reason to get a vaccine the COVID vaccines don't actually stop um, transmission and they don't stop infection. I was unaware of that, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Dr. Fauci has been funded by various people and paid to say various things at various times. So it doesn't surprise me. I, I just think like re- reducing it to, well, these people aren't literate when in reality they could be reading something that is just saying the opposite is silly. The other thing is these people are just indecisive and hesitant. That could be because they don't trust what the science says, not just, you know, the researchers that are identifying it as. Or they're skeptical because they've been burned by the quote unquote scientists for whatever reason. I mean, the government has experimented on people in the past. Think about the Tuskegee experiments. Think about the Philadelphia experiment. Think about all these experiments. And, 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 yeah, MK Ultra. Right. These experiments have been conducted by the, your government, our government, or what people claim is our government, on American citizens without their consent. Yeah, and to me it seems like the COVID-19 shots were also an experiment, like you're saying, because they rushed them. Um, they didn't do all the testing they normally would do. And, and they mandated on everybody. Yep, mandated on a lot of people at least. Like, especially people with certain jobs that they were able to say, well, you'll get fired if you don't take it. And um, there were also studies where people died from taking mRNA vaccines. And, you know, those were just like swept under the rug. So I think there are plenty of reasons people would be hesitant or indecisive. So, um, you know, these scientists just saying, well, these people are just not scientifically literate. It's just a little silly. Like, I, I hadn't known about that. Um, what I said about Fauci coming out and saying that, yeah, there's no reason to get a vaccine like this January until just two weeks ago when our doctor was here, who obviously, you know, he's a doctor. He keeps up with that kind of thing. And he told us about it. And I was like, yeah, I didn't hear that. Hmm. Um, I just think it's, you know, kind of funny that it wasn't, you know, like plastered on, you know, billboards everywhere. Like, did you know that it's actually according to the guy that's supposedly like the number one expert? Was never the actually science. The guy who claims to be the science, right? He he did literally claim to be the science, and then that's just like some kind of a mental problem. Anyways, did you know that he came out and said, "Oh, never mind, we didn't need to do that," because uh, I bet a lot of people who took it didn't know or haven't heard that. Yeah. 
To explore these issues in a different religious and non-Western context, the authors of that research conducted a subsequent study in Greece. There, too, they found a similar relationship between low faith in science and vaccine skepticism. Another study conducted in the Netherlands also found a strong connection between contemporary non-religious forms of spirituality and distrust in science. The distrust, however, was not applied to all aspects of science. Participants voiced little doubt about climate change, but they did strongly question the COVID vaccine. And that's interesting. I mean, that kind of proves what I'm saying. It's not that they're just like anti every science, scientific study. Like, oh, I just don't trust science. Like, that's such a stupid thing to say. Like, if that's how you have to characterize your um, ideological, um, I don't know, enemies. Not really enemies. I can't think of the word. Your your ideological. I I, I can't think of the word either. But yeah. the people who are ideologically different than you, if you classify them as horrible people, then that needs they need to look at yourself rather than the people you're criticizing. Right. It's not a good argument. Like you're just saying, oh, these people are just really stupid, and that's why. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think? Do you think that spiritual people are more likely to say no to authority? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It's Free Talk Live. Radio that you control. This is the last segment, but if you want to get in right before the end of the show, 603 283 6160 is the number to call. That's 603 283 6160. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And before the last break, we were talking about well, we were reading this article that was saying that there's a correlation between people who are vaccine hesitant and religious and spiritual people and we actually have a caller on the line dan from jackson dan you're on the uh line with us kind of on topic um did you say say you're from jackson michigan right yeah um okay i'm on the air now oh yes you are all right um first thing i want to find out is i've been listening for a while now and uh, i got to know you guys on your voices and stuff but i want to find out how aria is doing and what happened with Ian? Because I've been tuned out. Oh, Ian is months. right here in the studio uh, behind me. He's not in jail yet or anything. His... Oh, I, I thought because last night I tuned in, and it's whole some whole different show I never heard oh, of. Before. Oh, yeah. So two, no, three uh, new shows have been added to the Free Talk Live Network. That's Monday is Ernie Hancock. Tuesday is Liberty at Night, and Friday is the Rains and Edge Show. And um, that's just yeah. going to be a permanent thing anyway. Um, uh, that's bad. I didn't like it. I like you guys better. Oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> thank I you. Think they're we pretty like doing a show. But, um, yeah, Arya's um, yeah. in prison, and she got yeah, I know. 18 months. She's been in for about two oh, months. Hopefully she doesn't serve the whole too bad. 18. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how has she got a decent place, or is it like bad for her? She's or whatever. In- so she was sent to a men's facility. It's um, it's pretty much like 
lower. It's like very low security. It's a prison camp, is what they oh, call it. So it's a, a oh, more good. of a we, medical center like, satellite camp. We got that. We got that in Michigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know about, you know about Michigan. We got bad prison here, but yeah, we got a camp too. So yeah, so I it seems know what she got. It seems like, like all oh, things considered, it could have um, been much worse. Yeah, like it, it could have yeah, been much worse. I know it could. And um, she seems to be getting along with the people yeah. that are there, and That's you know, great. good um, news. Thankfully, um, like we have a pretty supportive community, so people are like sending her funds and books and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah. Good, good news. All right, that's good. And um, um, well, so you said you called in because you wanted to talk about politics and the end times, right? Right. Oh, first I got to tell you, I'm religious and I'm vaccinated and I'm getting vaccinated. Okay. <laughs> uh, part of it because of you guys talking about the whole thing. And when, this, when it came down, I was like, okay, forget what, what it was when, when it came down. But uh, first thing I heard was... um. I don't have any vaccines except for when I was a kid. So I was anti-vaccine before they said anti-vaccine. So I was already ready to not jump at it like everyone else. Oh, sorry. You said you're unvaccinated. I thought you said you're religious and vaccinated. No, unvaccinated. Because that's what your topic was at first. And it got me. I just tuned in for five minutes and I had to call you. But (laughs) anyways, um, politics and end time. In the Bible, Revelation the beast is politics. It's the one world government is the beast and it's led by the other beast, the Antichrist. And in my, not my interpretation, this is another minister I listened to, been listening to and, and couldn't turn off for, since I tuned him in in 2013 or something. Who's that? Irvin Baxter. Irvin Baxter. He passed on. The ironic thing is he passed on from COVID. Hmm. And, pretty, uh, pretty ironic. It is, yeah. They killed him, I think. Anyway, so they wanted to shut him up, but they didn't shut up his ministry. It's still going strong. It's End Time uh, Ministry uh, Incorporated. It's on YouTube. It's all over the place. Well, what's it's he hard have to, to find say? now. What's he have to say? Okay, okay. The Beast. Okay, it talks about the. It's so much to tell you, but just the short term is the Beast in End Time is rising up out of the sea, this big monster with first there in Daniel, there's four beasts, a lion, a bear, uh, a, a leopard. Man? Oh, no, I don't remember. No, not a man. God, you got me screwed up. No, <laughs> there's sorry. Four a bear, a lion, a leopard. Eagle, no, maybe. I can't see the third, fourth beast. That's the best stuff I suppose. <laughs> oh my God. I knew I'd screwed up this part. It's but, okay. It's, okay. We can the move lion past that. represents it's basically is this. The lion, as you know, is Europe. So it's English speaking. The mouth of a lion, the beast. Okay, the final beast in Revelation has the mouth of a lion, the body of a leopard, and the feet of a bear. And what the heck is the... Oh, the, the wings of an eagle. That's the fourth beast. Was part of the lion. The wings were plucked off and made to stand like a man. You were right. There was a man. That man... And just the interpretation is Uncle Sam is as simple as basic as that. It's just pathetic and no one gets it. So, Everyone's like, oh, that's Let me that's try to see if I can but, sum up what you're saying. You're, you're saying that because in the book of Revelations in the Bible, there is um, John is seeing this vision and he sees a beast rise up out of the water. And it's made right. up of all these different animal parts. And you're saying right. that you think that it is the United States? No, 
Oh. The, the, the wings are gone. And the oh. wings, and Israel is giving the wings of a great eagle and protected for time, times, and half a time, which is three and a half years of tribulation. That's the interpretation. Okay, See, well, the wings were plucked off the lion, so they're no longer part of the beast. Hmm. But what's going on now in this government is pathetic, and it looks like they're anti-Israel because they're siding with the Palestinians. But it's, according to the Bible, it is Israel's, the Israelites, as they were called, their land given to them by God way back when, when they bought it and paid for it and all that. Yeah, well, that I don't know if that's really like a binding contract or anything, but... No, it is. It's a covenant, according to the Bible. If you believe anything in the Bible, it's a covenant made by God. And Israel. I'm not even sure if that land is actually the land that is talked about in the, the Bible. That land is the land. It's described in the Bible exactly, Euphrates and all that. Because there was, you know, um, just some There's governments land, came together no... and created Israel. And uh... No, that, that land, <laughs> that land, that's, they gave them that land because that's the land. That's Okay, now you're getting off the main uh focus anyways first daniel in the book of daniel he's a prophet way way before john he saw four beasts a lion and the bear had uh three ribs in his mouth think of things about russia the bear is russia the leopard is germany okay well the, the leopard has four heads four reichs okay well right is i one more this thing. is just very just, confusing to me yeah to, to me i I'm just sorry, don't know I'm for sorry. sure i'm a i'm a i'm i'm, I'm very I'm trying to get a whole story in five minutes of time. It's okay. As complicated as that. It's just, okay. Well, basically, just, um, I get the main point thing. of what you're saying is just that oh, politics is a is a beast, That's right? Politics. Yep. Yes. I mean, well, yeah. thank you for the call and everything, Dan. Uh, I'd have to agree that politics is a disgusting beast. It's an evil thing because it's just people claiming to have authority that they don't have just because they are the government quote unquote when really they're actually just people who are also right. you know a gang we're involved in a gang or whatever and it's interesting to me that dan called in because there are a lot of people that think like dan and think that oh the mark of the beast is this or that and you know people have been saying that for right one thing knows it, how long. i had to think i couldn't help but thinking while he was talking about you know this beast represents russia this is just like it's been 2,000 years. Yeah. How and, modern. And some people, yeah, and the book yeah. of Revelation wasn't written for our times. It was written because the whoever the, was writing it was was trying to encourage the people around him to keep going and believe in their religion. And Rome, of course, was mentioned. And people think that the Catholic Church is the church of the devil and things like that. And it's like, you know... People have been interpreting this book to fit their paradigms for so long. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, that's kind of how religion was developed anyways, was for people to... I always use Greek mythology because that's the one I'm most interested in, I guess. But, you know, it's like you see the sun rising in the sky. Okay, well, people want to be able to explain things that they don't understand. So they're like, okay, well, Helios... Uh, drives a chariot and he drags the sun across the sky and that's why the sun moves because they didn't know any better so they right. people you know for centuries have just been trying to describe the world around them and the best they can and i think that's how a lot of religions were developed right religion was a very religion has been a tool and spirituality has been a tool to help humankind understand the world in which we live and you know people like dan 
refuse to get vaccinated because they believe it's the mark of the beast or whatever. And that's fine. You have to remember the government has to contend with these kinds of people and really convince them. But they're not going to convince them because these people believe it's the mark of the beast. And they might be onto something because, you know, more government control equals horrible ideas and more control. And maybe it is the mark of the beast. Yeah. I, I just think like those symbols are so vague, like uh, an eagle could represent anything. Like right now, yeah, it represents um, the United States in a way, but also it represents like this, um, the sign of Scorpio. I, I don't know, like hundreds, thousands of years ago, it represented the sign of Scorpio. So it's just like this symbol doesn't always map. You know, you're interpreting it in 2023. I, I don't know. Well, right, because like that's what people want to do. Right. Is take, you know, take this religion. It's like, okay, so I'm seeing the world around me. And obviously, you know, it's different now. We live in the modern world. So it's like, okay, well, I'm essentially going to interpret the Bible to reflect what I'm seeing here. Um, and don't... Which I was just going to say, like, I don't necessarily know if that's... <laughs> A good thing, I don't know, and especially like going back to Israel and Palestine, it just seems, I I don't think it's a good idea to be like, okay, well, they were promised this in the Bible thousands of years ago. So, I mean, the, the, Palest- the Palestine people were, they were according treated to their horribly. Religion, according to their religion, they were also promised it by yeah, God. Yeah, so really, is that true? Exact- who makes that? Who makes that decision? Well, and, and that's the thing, too. So it's kind of just like an opinion at this point, because like, OK, whose religion is right? Who's who's correct here? And to say, like, there should be war and, you know, the Palestinian people should be, you know, a- attacked and like have their land stolen from them because of how someone's interpreting the Bible, I just think is very irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, wrong is always wrong. Stealing from someone is always going to be wrong. Killing someone yeah. is always going to be wrong. Yep. Well, we have another caller. Caller, un, uh, screen caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Um, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to call twice, but I had to clarify something. Oh, well, I sorry. We only I have one rule on, on Free Talk Live. I'm sorry, Dan. We just we can't have two calls. Uh, my boss is sitting right behind me. And uh, that's, just, that's just the rule. We have one rule. And He's shaking his head. I wasn't able to uh, like write giving, down his name on there. giving the body a dirty look. Just kidding. That's Ian's fault. He's not. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, my boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is true. We have one rule, and I just didn't want to keep talking about this. Basically, I, I think that there is, um, like, in lots of holy books, there is a way to get in touch with your intuition and get something out of it that is say, talking directly to you because God is in everything. God is uh, able to use something like the Bible to talk to you. I just don't think you're going to read it and consciously be like, well, this reminds me of this. So I think this means this in your, in, you know, as if that's just what it means. Like, I think that you can get a sign from just walking around this, uh, the city you live in and waiting for a sign. And then you'll see something on a billboard just well, as much as you could from the Bible. I mean, and like, think about like suicide bombers, for example. They're like, oh, this is a uh, God came to me and they told me that this is my mission. Hmm. I mean, yeah. so that. It's not always like a positive or correct thing. And obviously, like, that's the very, very extreme example. But people say, I mean, there are schizophrenic people who are like, oh, God is coming to me and he's telling me to set this building on fire. You know, so it's like we can't always use perceived messages from God or messages in the Bible. And that's why you need to balance logic with intuition, because yes, absolutely should be able to understand as an adult that killing someone and taking their land is wrong. So even if God is coming to you 
or you see it in the Bible that God is saying to kill someone and take their land, don't act on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically all there is to it. And a recent example of this is a lady by the name of Lori Vallow who had her children mm, murdered yeah. and buried in a pet cemetery. In Colorado? No, it was in, actually in Idaho. Oh. So she was recently convicted and sentenced to life in prison. But it's just interesting that, you know, here she is, a lady who believes in the last days and is concerned that her children had to live through terrible times. And so she has them murdered. She also believed that they were like um, zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies. I've been following this case for a long time. I just find it fascinating because, you know, she's a Mormon or or was Mormon, but she took Mm. Mormon doctrines way too far. And that's what happens to a lot of religious peoples. They take things way too far and it creates problems because here they are wrapping themselves up in a religion and let's get back to ground people let's get back to being balanced and grounded and be like wait a minute yep who's who's really pulling the strings here yeah i mean like in religion can absolutely be you know a very positive influence in, in people's lives like it could bring you know like a sense of community and i i think a lot of positive things can come from religion and spirituality um, and even though I might not believe in some of those things, it doesn't mean other people don't have the right to. But I think it is responsible to like take everything with a grain of salt and, like Bonnie said, balance it with reason and logic um, before you go too far off the rails. Right. And I I feel like it's a weird kind of um, segue back into this article because yeah, we just have someone calling in saying that their religion gives them the right to steal from people called the Palestinians. But I also believe that a lot of people who are spiritual are... I think that they're making the correct decision to say, listen, I answer to something higher than just authority. And it's it's they're saying that there is a correlation between people who are spiritual or religious and those who um, will say no to authority. And that's what we've been reading, so I'm getting back into it. This is from theconversation.com. He is kind of coming from a negative stance as well. He's making it sound like that people who are spiritual are just too stupid to understand science all the time, even though the article, I mean, the study that was done just showed that people are more likely to be hesitant to take uh, the COVID vaccine if they're um, subscribed or yeah, subscribed to a religious idea or they're spiritual. Um, Yeah. So he says in some instances, the spirituality informed skepticism of vaccine efficacy has been rooted not only in low faith in science, but wider conspiracies. Well, that is just hilarious that that sentence is written in that this is written in June of 2023 when like I was telling Riley in the last segment in January I didn't know this until my doctor told me this like a week ago in January I I had no idea but Fauci came out and said yeah so by the way you know I'm the science I am uh yeah. the authority vaccines there's actually no reason to get the covid vaccine it doesn't stop spread or con- uh getting it um I, that that just makes me think that this guy is has uh, you know he, he's you know bad at reading the earlier in the article he had said that these people are just um illiterate in science basically well and it's hard to trust science when they're like oh the science is settled and it's right. so clearly bought 
I mean, like, who is running these research studies? Yes. And there's been so should many... never be settled. Science should always be discovering and learning yeah, new things. Absolutely. Right. It's always evolving. And there's so many times, like, in my own field, like, where, uh, you know, I'll look through case studies and the, the, the information that I'm finding based on, like, actual science and case studies um, doesn't match up with what, like, the hospitals are doing and doesn't match up with, like, what the state is saying. And so it's like, okay, like, whose science are we using? Because, like, the official state science appears to be flawed and incorrect. Right. And uh, see, that's what I was saying in the last segment. Just because somebody is um, hesitant for to believe in what, quote-unquote, the science is saying, the, the consensus, the people who are you know, working with authority figures to say this is what everyone needs to believe. Just because you're um, hesitant to believe that doesn't mean that you're um, scientifically illiterate, like this article is trying to claim. Mm-hmm. And I find it really annoying. Uh, it says, in a 2011 paper entitled The Emergence of Conspirituality, conspiracy theory experts Charlotte Ward and David Voas detailed what they describe as a new hybrid system of belief. They call it conspirituality. A word borrowed from a Canadian hip-hop group of that name. Famous for their radical, politically conscious lyrics. Word and Voas define conspiritual, uh, conspirituality as marrying the female-dominated New Age with its positive focus on self and the male-dominated realm of conspiracy theory with its negative focus on global politics. That is just so weird. Why do they have to say it like that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, don't know. It's just like It's strange. a way to create images in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is definitely like feels like, I don't know. Slanted. Like they want yeah. you to think a thing. Yes. Yes, definitely. It says that they, those two that created that word said, proponents believe that the best strategy for dealing with the threat of a totalitarian new world order is to act in accordance with an awakened an awakened new paradigm worldview so these are the i mean yeah that sounds pretty right i was gonna say these are the proponents of con spirituality yeah it does sound based nikki so (laughs) they're just trying to make that sound bad sounds good to me as far as the COVID-19 vaccine is concerned, conspiratorial anti-vax campaigners across the globe cite government big pharma companies in Western medicine as the objects of their mistrust. They posit that the body and its immune system is sacred. They see the supposedly toxic materials. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I'm sorry, mercury isn't supposedly toxic. Yeah, like that's known a known toxin. Yeah, Yeah, and mercury used to be in vaccines. Yep, it's still in some vaccines. It's not in all of them, but it is still in some. Well, like the other preservatives, you know, like some people will do like the low preservative vaccine to like kind of as like a compromise. Hmm. But I mean, either way. Or just like... Yeah, your body is sacred. Like there is actually, um, what's it called? Fetal stem cells in some. And some people are not okay with putting uh, aborted fetuses' stem cells in their body, whether it... Yeah. You know, was going to get aborted anyways. I mean, you don't. I, I'm not saying that that is necessarily toxic. I'm just saying it's a lot of people find that to be unethical. I mean, that's literally against a lot of people's religion. You know, it's people, reasonable. people who are against abortion um, probably aren't cool with fetal stem cells being injected into their body. Like, right. Right. It says they they see the supposedly toxic materials they claim are in vaccines as posing an existential threat. Yep. I, I mean, yeah, it does. Planted. In May 2020, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a yoga expert 
launched the Con Spirituality podcast, aiming to dissect where the wellness industry overlaps with New Age cults and conspiracy theorists. Episodes have covered everything from QAnon to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as the anti-vax candidate of the U.S. presidential campaigns. They provide listeners, as one reviewer has noted, with updates on disaster spirituality and interviews with guests who have either been part of or on, oh, sorry, either have been part of or are experts on online cult-like communities where a desire to live more naturally has become a form of paranoia. What? That's a, (laughs) is that a cult? Yeah. That I want to be healthy and not like eat like cult-like you know, anti-nutrients and toxins. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like so many people, they're like, oh, we need to get all these vaccines and take all these medications. And it's like nothing can replace, you know, your immune system. Nothing can replace, you know, being healthy, eating a healthy diet, exercising, sitting in the sun. Those things are extremely important for humans to thrive and survive and not get sick. And, and to me, that so, sounds less paranoid than the types who are like, oh, I'm going to get a virus and I can't leave my house without a mask. Yeah. And um, I can't go outside and get sunlight on my skin because, well, if I leave the house, uh, the virus could be flying through the air. And you know what? I love bringing this up. So uh, my coworkers that I wor- was working with every single night, they both got COVID. Hmm. They were both vaccinated. Hmm. Guess who didn't get COVID? Oh, me. Guess who's not vaccinated? So clearly their vaccine doesn't work. So it's like you have, and I don't want to be mean, but you have people who are not exercising, eating Mm. incredibly unhealthy diets. and Probably avoiding people. You know, and that's the thing too. It's like, I don't think those things, I don't think it's a coincidence, you know? I don't either. I think um, traditionally healthy lifestyles probably didn't just stop being healthy in 2020. Well, this has been Free Talk Live and thank you for listening. It's been Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki, and we'll see you again next week. Peace. But Free Talk Live is on tomorrow night also. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing But there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.